0: My name is Charles McCarthy. I was, uh, I started in technology in, uh, the nineties, um, early nineties. I was, uh, started like some basic programming stuff, some internet stuff, put up like some websites and, um, by the late nineties, I was working in technology, um, was working in digital marketing for a web hosting company. And, um, but you know, it was like a weird thing. I was born in 1980. So like in the late nineties, I was still a teenager. And so I got started working real early in these companies. And I just, I mean, I don't know if you remember how it was back then, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do for a living. So I was doing computers at the time, but it didn't seem like that was like a career path for me. I was just doing what I was, what I was into. You know, I was always hacking stuff as a kid. It always seemed like a natural progression for me. Then uh, at the same time, uh, I started training uh, mixed martial arts. Um, So uh, around early 2000s, I got a UFC contract uh, and I put all the programming, all the development, everything, I kind of pushed it aside uh, and I pursued that. Uh, And I did that for a little while. Uh, I ended up retiring in 2007. I believe or 2006 somewhere around there, I opened my first gym, uh, and then I opened my second gym and then I opened a, uh, uh, sports agency where I was managing UFC fighters. Um, but all the time that I was doing that, I really, my real love and hobby is, uh, I love tinkering. I love programming. Uh, I love building things. So like building like these businesses to me were like an extension of that same concept. I like, I like the way businesses run too. the same thing, you know, like it's a lot like programming. So, um, when probably 2014, I got, uh, the Oculus DK2 dev kit and, um, it was like a mind blowing shift for me with technology. I felt like things had gotten a little stale for me before that with technology, it was basically like, what's the next cool phone coming out or something like that. Um, so I was focused a lot on MMA at the time. And, uh, then when VR came out, I was like, wow, this is amazing stuff. I started trying to figure out how to build experiences for VR right away. Um, I built, uh, the first, uh, live stream of a MMA event in VR. Uh, we were building camera rigs at the time and, you know, utilizing different like software and ways of putting it together that would, you know, get the job done, what it didn't really exist at the time. Um, and it was fun. Uh, and I did that again for a few years, uh, and really missed, uh, certain aspects of mixed martial arts. So I started up, uh, another gym, uh, about five years ago. Um, it's evolved into different, um, forms, but now it's like, uh, the last three years I've been running it out of Deerfield, I've got a really nice facility, a couple UFC fighters out of there and a lot of like students. Um, but my energy more is, uh, running that business than teaching and, uh, focused on the, the relationships with like customers. And so I found myself itching again, like for something technology wise. And around that time, AI started like making its resurgence. So it was like VR when I got into it in the '90s or in the late 2000s or mid, uh, 2000 teens, it was a resurgence of VR that was around when I was a kid. I remember like we had, um, these VR experiences like at shopping malls and stuff like that in like the early nineties and they were terrible, you know, <laughs> but it gave you an idea, like a peak of what was to come. And I know when I first started getting into technology, I would read all about AI and how it was the future. And, you know, they've been working on it since like the fifties and the sixties concepts of AI. So it didn't really, when I first started hearing AI come around again, it just felt like a buzzword at first. I didn't really think much of it. And then, um you know i had experienced a little bit of like chatbot stuff and i thought it was terrible and then all of a sudden um i tried chat gpt and it blew me out of the water like probably everybody and it created a seismic shift probably in the way everyone thought about ai um it went from being like a cool like gimmicky thing of like basically how do you procedurally generate something to really feeling like you have I don't know, like a workforce, like a team that's working with you and you are like the director of this team and they give you tidbits and you put it together and you orchestrate it. And so I go, okay, well, this is amazing. What can I build with this? And my first thought was I have two kids and I was like, all right, I've got my business already. Like I'm, I'm focused on stuff, but this would be great for my kids. They could start programming and building stuff and starting businesses. My kids are teenagers and they were like, oh, that's cool, dad. But they really didn't get into it. You know, so I was like, all right, well, let maybe I'll show them what they can do. So I used chat GPT, uh, chat GPT, um, probably started, I want to say like around the end of the year or January of this year. And I started teaching myself how to do Python with it. You know, I had done some programming before, but never Python, but everything in AI is Python. So I was like, I don't want to goof around. Like, let me just go right to what everyone's using. So I go, okay, I need a platform to be able to deliver things on that I build and building UIs are complicated and tedious. So I was like, all right, I'm going to build off of discord. Like how mid journey did it. I go, but I want, and I built like a couple other AI interactions, websites and stuff like that, but nothing really that really was good yet. It was just me dabbling like with what, what existed. And I started learning and figuring it out, like mid journey got my attention with the beautiful images they were creating. And I started using their images to create like clothing for my gym and I go, okay, there's real use application here. So then, um, I was like, man, why can't I make like videos in mid journey? Why can't I make speech in mid journey? I didn't really understand what the limitations of AI were yet. I was just like, if the images are so amazing and chat GPT can give me such great responses, then why is this other stuff not available? So I started doing more and more research. Um, and in the meantime, I was like, let me put like as a test run, a discord bot up with some of my AI experiments. So I did like a couple LLM stuff, some chat GPT integrations, like some characters, stuff like that, some like automatic conversation stuff, um, some image generation. Uh, jokes like the same stuff everyone kind of does when they first start goofing off with it, and um, and it was amazing. Like, my friends all joined the Discord, their friends started joining it, everyone was playing with it. And I go, You know, I started businesses before, I go, There's something interesting here, you know, there's definitely some traction, and it was fun for me to use. Like, I really liked playing with the randomness that AI can bring, you know, it gives you like. What you think you want, it takes that and it mixes it with what it thinks you want, and you get something special each time. So I I remember when I first started messing around on the internet in the early 90s, and it was like, you know, you go to a website and you'd watch the image load, you know. And then at some point we started getting videos and you'd get like a frame every second, you know, and it was terrible quality, really low resolution. But It was amazing at the time. I don't remember thinking to myself, man, this quality sucks. I remember thinking to myself, this is amazing that I have this. I can get images off the websites. I'm getting like video clips. Like it just blew my mind. So over that period of time, when everyone was focused on "Oh, the quality sucks, it's not as good as my TV. It'll never be as good as my TV. It'll never be as good as my CD player or my DVD player. It just kept iterating, chugging along and eventually surpassed all those things. And so when I did my first initial deep dive into video, I don't know if you guys saw like the original Will Smith eating spaghetti
1: videos, they were Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They were like, it was like a horror show, right?
0: Yeah. Right. And all the AI videos were like these horror shows of like craziness and they had like Shutterstock logos on them. And, um, so, but. when I saw it, my instant thought was, all right, this can be done. Like this is going to happen. Like, it wasn't like, how terrible is this? I can't deliver this to somebody. It was like, how do I take this foundation and build on it to get something better out of it? So, um, I found a discord, uh, that had a lot of the, um, the leading tinkerers and AI video in it. And, um, I made friends with, uh, Spencer in there, sir, Spence. Uh, he now works for, uh, he worked for, uh, runway ML, uh, but he was the developer of, uh, Zero scope two and Zeroscope two, um, took the original base model scope and he fine tuned it. He got rid of all the garbage, made it really good. And then all of a sudden had like a really usable video model, like the first open source usable video model. So when I connected with him, we started collaborating right away. Um, I gave him like some compute and I'm not like a rich guy or anything, but I just saw it. I believed in it. So I was like, I'll fund this. I believe what it can do. Um, He developed uh, Zero Scope 3, which is what we launched our video platform with. Uh, And we still have that like on certain flags. You can still pull up our old video models.
1: and So that's an open source video creation tool?
0: Yeah, yeah. So when it's an AI model zero scope, so it's not a tool to AI model that you can inference. So, uh, when, when it launched, I was like, uh, I thought it was cool, you know, like I thought we had something really original and then a couple YouTubers like picked it up and it just must've been like the right time of everything. All of a sudden we got like, you know, 15,000 people flooded in over the next few weeks and everybody was using it and blowing it up. And, uh, my whole goal always was to provide a full suite of tools. So I, I continued on, I started, um, I funded some other guys building uh, video stuff, but I focused a lot, like on our upgrading our tools on video on audio generation, speech, lip syncing, uh, and basically any workflow that I could imagine would be a useful, uh, tool for media generation. I started incorporating it to full journey. And the concept of full journey is it's really an homage to Midjourney who I just think is the most incredible company, uh, and has built something really revolutionary and I did my best to try to reverse engineer and build upon what they did and then try to provide, provide a full suite of tools. Because what I was finding when I was using Midjourney is I was just taking their images and taking it other places. And I wanted one place where I could do everything in one spot. So that's what I ended up building with this. We were free for a really long time till I burned through all my available money. And then, uh, now we have a subscription package and we've got a bunch of, uh, members.
1: So how does it work from the user side when they go onto your full journey website or platform, walk me through what that looks like. Sure thing. Yeah. So they
0: go onto fulljourney.ai and they can, uh, go ahead and log in with their discord ID. Uh, they can join the discord from there and they can subscribe from there. Uh, if you join the Discord, you get a free uh, trial. We give uh, 50 credits a month out to everybody. So uh, essentially it's a free tier that will every month it'll refresh for you. Uh, you can generate all the same stuff, the images, uh, AI images with words in them, videos with words in them, movies, soundtracks, music, speech, lip syncs, uh, got a large variety of tools available for them. and. Uh, they go into the discord, they press forward slash help. It'll give them a list of all the tools on the website too. It'll have a list of all the commands they can use and, uh, they can just drop into, uh, one of the chat channels and say hi and ask for help.
1: So just for the audience out there, full journey is that your main component is the text of video, correct?
0: You know, when I look at like the logs of everything that runs, it's probably a combination of, uh the video, the different video models and the image models that get used the most. Um, but speech we're using a couple million characters of speech a month. We're using, yeah, everything pretty much is getting used a lot. We get a lot of deep fakes getting made in there and like the lip sync videos and things like that. Um, like these are all different forms, I guess, of media, right? So the idea is that all these tools, they work together so you can build. Like multimedia, whether that's videos with sound or. You know, some people are making audiobooks or whatever it is, like their goal is, we wanna be able to provide the uh, media editing tools
1: to create that in one spot. Gotcha, so for the audience out there, if it's like a bunch of tools exist already, like Mid Journey is awesome. I use it every day for image creation, but this can do, Full Journey can do that as well. Also Runway that was mentioned uh, by Charles a little bit ago, that's more for video generation and video editing. Uh, so there, there's that tool out there um and there's another video editing yeah labs text-to-speech but a full journey can do everything so in one place cool, right there's did that does like the lip sync videos like the idea is
0: I want to bring all this under one roof for one um one very uh reasonably priced subscription so you can use All the image editing tools for only ten bucks a month gets you unlimited. I think the cheapest Mid Journey plan for unlimited is thirty bucks, but really the sixty dollars plan is a real unlimited plan. Uh, And then for our video plans, uh, are thirty dollars a month, and then you can do those annually. It brings them down like thirty percent in cost.
1: Now, one thing that struck me finding your project was it was hard to find. Like, and when I found it, I was blown away how good it is. I mean, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, I think I found it on a Spool journey subreddit.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, in this whole process
1: that I've been building it,
0: my focus has really been on the development of it and, uh, spent a lot of my time doing the development of your developer. You understand how that is. And so I'm, I'm still working on the marketing component. I haven't decided how I want to market it yet. Um, I also were building, uh, phone app tools and web app tools for all the different commands so that you can do everything like from a phone app or, uh, from the web. So that's kind of been holding a little bit off on the marketing for that. Um, we're also, we're not funded, so I'm kind of bootstrapped. So we're really all organic growth at this point. I have never paid for any marketing. Which was a hard time finding me,
1: <laughs> but that's it that goes to show. I think if you do market it, it should, it should. I think it will should take off pretty quick, you know. So thanks so much. That's that's the hope. Yeah, like can you take us through on how it actually works in layman's terms? Because people are going into to Discord and they're typing, make me a video of a waterfall and a boat going over the top of it, or something like that. It could be anything, right? And then it outputs it. Like, how does that actually work? Because it's pretty freaking incredible. And then also, like, how long can the videos be? How how long can you um, make them right now on full journey?
0: So something I just um, implemented just now for the members is you can DM the bot what you want. And instead of having to use slash commands, you can just talk to it like a chat bot. Like, hey, make me an image of a frog. And it'll make you a cool image of a frog. And you can go okay, that's cool. Can you make that into a movie and it'll make it into a movie for you? So that's that's what I just got implemented today. Um, and how does it do it? Each one of these AI um, media creations are done with different AI models, um, except for our speak command, which uses 11labs API and our dolly3 command, which uses uh, dolly3 um, API. Um, but all the others, I believe except for those are using all open source models or models that we have fine-tuned or created. Uh, and those are all running on a system called Kubernetes. Uh, and that's a way of clustering machines together so that you can scale things out. Um, but in layman's terms, we've got uh, like little AI guys that are like, you know, in the cloud and you tell it what you want and it, uses diffusion for most of the stuff. The way diffusion works is it, um, throws like a splatter at the wall and starts pulling little pieces off of it until it starts resembling what you want. It uses a bunch of other images that it was trained on so that it understands different patterns for different words so that it can take all of those. Um, it can take the context of what you want and as it starts pulling away, um, different parts of the image to create an image basically essentially like sculpting an image, it knows that um, an image with that caption usually looks kind of like this. And it has like a whole bunch of different possibilities as it starts filling in. And um, depending on the way you set up the model with a bunch of different parameters, you can get all types of different outputs. So we have fine-tuned all of our models to output um, in a way that we like the best, that we think are giving the best results. And, um, yeah, we're just on top of it. What's whatever the newest stuff is coming out. We're trying to, uh, implement it. And then we are building custom workflows on how to usefully use those new models. There's always new models coming out, but it's not always useful to just use the model directly, but sometimes you can implement the model in a workflow so that you can generate a better video or a better image or something based on interfacing with a few
1: models before you take it directly to the, uh, the inference. So are, the mo- are you creating your own custom models to train, for example, the video aspect of full journey or you're using pretty
0: yeah, so that would have been that's that's like zero scope three uh, with the video model. We also use other open source models. Um, we use uh, a video crafter right now. I just implemented that. I've got Hotshot XL in there for hot shots. Um, I've got uh, animate diff on there. That's one of the hotter, um Open source models right now for creating AI videos. Um, and you asked me, oh, sorry, about how long they can be. Um, they videos range uh, up to eight seconds, is how long they can
1: be. And do you know how it works? Like you're using the open source models. Yeah, movies, 12 seconds, but that's divided by three second clips, if that makes sense. You can do a 12 second movie or an eight second single scene is the longest single scene. Got it. But if you do the 12 second, then it breaks it into three. Four second or four three second videos? or
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The idea being that it's going to create
1: four scenes of a movie with a soundtrack and put it together. So you're using the open source models for the video, a combination of different things. Like, how does it know where to move things? Like, do you know, do you even know how that works in the back, like back end? Like, how does it, if you want, you know, motorcycle going across the screen, like, how does it Okay. Yeah. Good question.
0: So there's, um, models for, for movement as well, that they're implemented with those are called motion modules and that, um, generally knows based on what it sees in the image, the way those are supposed to move in combination
1: with the prompt. One thing, cool thing that, uh, Runway released last week is like, you can. Oh my God. How cool the touch thing touch it and then say, I want motion here. Oh, cool. I want to build that
0: so bad. Uh, that's in my, in my to-do list right now. All right. I'm sure your to-do list is gigantic. <laughs> I never stop. like with, like I have my laptop on me all the time and I get an idea and I just hammer it out. And so my to-do list isn't too bad. Cause I just do it right away. Um, I just probably, uh, I, I. I have a couple things on my to-do list that are bigger projects that are a little bit tougher to tackle like that, but for the most part, my to-do list is not too bad. I want to add to the user experience for, uh, the way that I'm handling the creations. So right now I have it set up. Like I told you through the chat that you can conversationally talk to it to create the media. I want that to go deeper. Like I just added live search results to that, but I want to chain those things together so that you could, um, do like a combination requests of things like, Hey, can you search for this? And if it's that, then do this kind of thing. Um, and, uh, the web app and the phone apps are really like primary right now. Um, I have a developer that works with me named Asa and he's, uh, our react developer, he's the one putting together the phone apps, uh, with the backend code that I've provided. So we should hopefully have those up within the next, like two months. That's one of those bigger projects. It's going to take a little bit longer. Um, but that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I don't want to market it until I have a place to send people. Cause it's hard to market people to discord. But right. So I do a
1: Google Live discord. So I'm just having a hard time visualizing that. It's shocking. Midjourney doesn't have a website yet. Cause their tool is incredible. Like I know. Well, they have a website, but you just can't generate on the
0: website. Right? Like, in the, yeah, it's interesting that they have it that way. I wonder why. Yeah.
1: And their website's cool looking. It's got like that cool. They
0: have a great website. They're great. I, I, I've, I've been following the guy, David Holtz from, um, from the VR days. He was a vision, uh, developer. Like he, they did leap motion was like
1: this cool thing that I had where you attach it to your VR set and it can track like stuff like that. He got like, it got, like hundreds of millions of dollars invested wow i didn't know that that's crazy. Again, that's a real dude like that's not just some guy goofing
0: off you know that's a real guy so uh there's probably a lot of money behind mid-journey as well they got a huge head start on everybody and they are they're fantastic so i you know i can't say enough about them i hope one day that we can even be spoken in the
1: same breath as them yeah well i think you're you guys are heading the right direction um what i don't want to talk about 3d models that's one more thing that i tell my um, text to 3d models is one more thing on my agenda. You were asking Hunter. Yeah. So if you go like, I mean, it can be for
0: anything it can be for VR, you can pull assets into like your home environment. It can be for anything, uh, that you would use like a 3d object file for. And you can say, um, okay, can I get like, uh. A three D model of like a a muscular guy wearing a police uniform, and poof, you'll have like a full three D model of that. That's one of the things on the list that I want to do. Um, there's some good tools out there for that right now. It's going to take a little bit of refinement. I don't like to put anything out until it's good enough for what uh, the customers are expecting of us. Um, so, but when I see stuff that's close, I start working on it and getting it refined. So as soon as it's ready, I'll have that ready to go out the
1: door. I don't want to talk about it too much, but like, just because I don't know if our audience is a UFC crowd or not, but that's so cool that you were in the UFC. I don't, like, people probably don't picture UFC fighters as computer programmers.
0: Well, they're usually not. <laughs> they're usually not. I don't know. I don't know many other ones.
1: No. So that's, that's crazy. Like. When you work out, does it help you code like, and do that stuff after you're done like, doing an exhausting workout?
0: When I'm exhausted from working out, I usually don't want to code. Yeah, right, right.
1: That's what I would think, yeah. Uh,
0: it's interesting. So jujitsu, which is one of the uh, – I'm a black belt in Brazilian jujitsu, and that's one of the bigger aspects of mixed martial arts. Um, it's usually thought of as like an engineering-type uh, martial art. There's a lot of uh, structural components, like if and else type movements that are involved in how that works and the way you systematically break down, like the body and leverage points and things like that. It starts, it'd be jujitsu really attracts a lot of engineers. So I do have software developers that do jujitsu in my gym. I've got a bunch of them. I think he's a blue belt right now. It's a blue belt. Yeah. Um, it takes like 10 years to get to your black belt usually. So it'll be a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's attractive to people like that. Once they start doing it, it's hard for them to stop. Uh, especially if you're somewhat competitive too, it mixes with all the right things there. Um, I haven't met a lot of, uh, professional fighters that do development. Uh, there was one guy I met early on Joe Lozon, who was a PHP developer, like back when I first started, which is like the early or late nineties. Um, I don't know if he still does that. Uh back in the nineties, like anything you were into that you were following online, you were always usually among developers because there wasn't a lot of people online back then, you know? So like there was there's always where developers mix into everything. But yeah, I, I think the UFC aspect of it, it's It's unique in this scenario, but it's also, um, it allows me to look at things from a different perspective. I think I've seen the world from different viewpoint than most developers. Um, I've done a lot of business in a lot of different places with all kinds of people, um, from when I was an agent and, uh, I just have a unique perspective, I would say. Um, and I think that it helps me to, uh, create my experiences more for the layman um, what I'm trying to create is like the easy button for AI, AI media creation. Like I want anyone to be able to use our tools to do whatever they want without having to really understand too much. Um, so I want any of my guys that, that I've trained with that fight in the UFC to be able to use it and take pictures of themselves and create Laura's and send people pictures of them as a Christmas card, climbing a mountain or something, and it should be easy. So that's the goal of what I'm trying to create. I want them to have the access to all these amazing things that AI can create without having to really know anything about how it works or why it works or anything, just as easy as like talking into
1: your phone. Hey, make me a picture of a frog jumping out of a tree and then it'll do that. Thing. it's like, I think you gotta get to that point for people to use it, like with email, right? Like back in the day, you had to probably set up an email server and do all that stuff, but now, you know, grandparents use it every day so it's like it's got to be that easy understandable can you tell us one story about the ufc or your experience with the ufc that stands out or that that it's like your most vivid memory man there was a lot of them so the, i remember the first time i ever fought in the ufc i
0: got um i started talking to their matchmaker right away like when i knew like i i was on track you know it was one of the top prospects and so i started i got a hold of their matchmaker i started talking to him and I go, hey, um, you know, I don't know if you know who I am, this, that. He goes, no, I know who you are. I go, okay, can you tell me what it would take for me to get into UFC? And he helped me lay out a plan that I was able to do and get in um, by beating, like, certain guys that he felt like were
1: good enough quality to prove myself kind of thing. That so we would know, like... Uh, this sounds like it was in the past a while ago, but
0: my, my last fight was a pretty famous guy. I fought a guy named Michael Bisping. He's a UFC champion, and uh, yeah, he he was a tough fight. And I fought a lot, a lot of good guys before him. I fought a guy named Dave Loazzo, who was a title contender. Um, my my fighting uh, my UFC career was uh, an interesting time of my life because I got like, not only did I do like the UFC stuff, but I was on their Ultimate Fighter TV show. So I was like on the reality show that I never really planned to do any of those things in my life, you know, like to be on TV or anything. So it was like a very interesting thing that happened early on in my life. And, um, and it, it helped open up a lot of doors for me, like in all different areas, like gives you a lot of confidence to just do what you feel like you can do anything. If you can, you know, like go from, being a computer programmer to fight in the UFC. Like once you do that, you go, okay, I feel like I can do anything.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like that's a problem with people, like with coders and programmers is they start something and anytime time things get tough, they give up. So like that kind of training with UFC, you're trained all the time to like not give up, fight, yeah, there's no option. So yeah, that's cool. But you were saying, um, what was the moment that you remember? The- so when I, when I got to UFC
0: the first time, Um, there was a guy that was like a heavyweight champion of the UFC, Andrei Arlovsky, He was like this big, scary Russian guy. And I remember I just got to UFC and I was such a fan of everything. And I couldn't even imagine ever meeting these guys. And I remember all week I was walking around, taking pictures with everybody. Except for this one guy, I was so scared of him. I couldn't even know what to say. And eventually at the end of the time, I got a picture with him. He ended up winning his fight, becoming world champion. And I go, man, like it just was For me, like you get to meet your heroes, you know, like that's, I think like, uh, if I get to meet some of my heroes in computing would be the same way for me. You know, you have these people that you have only ever read about, heard about, seen on TV. And so for me, like that best experience in the UFC for me was the first time I went there that week and I just, I got to meet all these guys,
1: you know, I got to meet all the people that I was always such a huge fan of and still a fan of. Yeah, we sometimes we get together and watch the fights. I even started a few months ago started doing MMA at a gym and here in Knoxville, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. And it is awesome. I mean, getting to learn, you mentioned if that, you know, if then, I mean, that seems like a lot of what uh, mixed martial arts is, you know, if they do this, then you're going to do this. If they're leaning this way, then you're going to do this, if their hands here, you're- and you guys are tech guys
0: in good shape, you know, like, that's such an important thing. Like, if you want to be able to live a full life and be um, enjoy what you're doing, then you need to take care of your body as well as your mind, you know, like one of the things when I'm developing and I get like you do, you hit those roadblocks, like you say, and I just put it down, I get fresh eyes, like I'll put it down, I'll go train, I'll do something else. And I'll come back to it. I don't accept that I'm quitting. Like I just not going to quit. I'm going to get it done. I just need to rethink how I'm approaching it. And that's the same thing. Like for you guys to be like, for you to be training hunters, such a great thing. And it'll help you to understand some point you're going to come across a situation. You go, man, I feel like I'm not getting any better. I'm having a hard time with this or I'm having a hard time with that. And then some time will pass. And then all of a sudden you'll smash right through that barrier that you had. And you'll do that enough times that you'll start to understand, like, I can get through any barrier. Everything is a temporary limitation. Everything's never been done until it's done. And so um, I think that's a really important skill set for a developer and uh, mindset is to be able to push through uh, complicated things, roadblocks. Man, once you see ChatGPT and how that can exist, you go, I can do anything. If somebody can build that. I, I just can't even constantly conceive of going from like a standard help chat bot that we had like you know ten years ago, five, seven years ago, to going from that to like a real LLM. It's it, it really just changes your whole concept of what can be done.
1: It's not. So uh, People are probably gonna look back, you know, twenty years from now, and they'll ask the question, "Do you remember the first time you talked to ChatGPT?" It's that it was. It's like that crazy of a tool, you know. Oh my God, do you remember your first time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been messing with any of the new features that,
0: it, that they released in the last week?
1: Yeah. The chat are pretty insane. I just did a video on it last night. Um, I haven't used it yet, but I haven't used it for myself, but I just saw, I, I researched cool ones and the coolest ones were like logo creation, thumbnail creation. You can create tw- uh, Twitter tweets. Um, they have an AI girlfriend. like. I used a Dolly 3 somehow. I, I tested it. I said, make me a thumbnail of Mr. Beast. And it made a pretty amazing thumbnail. I mean, it didn't look like Mr. Beast at all because they're censoring celebrity uh, likelinesses, but uh, it, it, the thumbnail looked really good. Oh, amazing. So
0: I'm going to look into that. I haven't really looked into the GPTs at all. So it allows you to interject code in between? like
1: It allows you to create your own chatbot. So if you want to create a chatbot about UFC, right, you could plug in you Could upload every document ever that ever existed to this chatbot, it will learn about um, the UFC by the documents you upload or the text you put in, and then you can ask it any question you want about the UFC and it will answer you. Um, so it'd be like a UFC chatbot, so cool! All right, yeah, I need to experiment
0: with that. I, I've been, I plugged the Dolly 3 in on full journey, people loved it. It's really good, it, it's gotten
1: a lot better too. It's almost as oh, good. it's so good,
0: and then the, the chat content length in the GPT four turbo is awesome. Like 128 K
1: tokens is unreal. Yeah. That's like 300 pages of text or something like it's, it's insane. So that
0: that's how I built my, um, the, the web, uh, the w- live web interaction that I have for it. So like now I'm just, I'm pulling up like tons of web content. I'm sending it all through GPT and I'm having it summarize it. You know, and it's coming out amazing. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: It's such a huge time saver. And so many aspects of our lives, (laughs) it's, it's ridiculous. Um, One of the things we like to ask everybody is what, like, where do you see AI going in general? Like some people think it's gonna kill humanity. Some people think it's gonna uh, coexist with us. Like, where do you see it going in general? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's a really good question. Um, And I go back and forth with it, even in my own
0: head. Um, It's definitely going to disrupt almost everything as we know it. And even things that we think are not disruptible are probably disruptable because once you connect AI with robotics, pretty much can do almost anything once you get it fine-tuned enough. So like, there's not going to be a lot that a human is going to be needed for with enough of that. Um, you need somebody to create the AI and the robotics and development, but something tells me that they're going to be able to have AI do that. You know, like, why wouldn't you be able to have AI handle everything from top to bottom, including, um, what's next to do. So I could imagine like one or person or a chair, a board of people could operate AI as an entire company. And that's kind of scary. Um, you know, we need productivity as humans. We need to be productive. We're not meant to sit at home and do do nothing all day. Um, it's not healthy for us. We need to feel like we're contributing to the world and to society, and we need to be building things and using our, uh, our intuition, our creativity. So I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. I know people generally have a, um, a desire and a need for human connection. So I think that there's going to always be a competing product for almost everything. That's AI. There'll be a competing non AI solution because people won't want AI for some things. Um, I imagine. There's gonna be tons of legislation. We're gonna see how that shakes out. That'll probably control a lot of how companies can use AI. Like if it's copyrightable, that's a big thing. You know, there's so many things that, like if you can't copyright what it writes, then can you use it? You know, like, and then how, there's just, there's so many variables that I, it's really, I think impossible to predict how it shakes out. And I wanna be able to contribute and play a part in how it shapes out
1: instead of um hearing about it right right it's uh, one thing that you mentioned is like a lot of people think that we're gonna uh, it's ai is gonna make it so we don't have to work right like humans won't have to work one. not a good thing, exactly what are you gonna do sit around and like just think all day i mean they'll drive people insane
0: you're doing philosophy right hunter that's what, that's what Hunter's going to do. He's going to sit around.
1: Great, gonna... It I actually sounded great.
0: <laughs> I think like in general, you do, you need to be needed as a human. Once you're not needed anymore, it changes your whole um, direction. Your feeling, your emotion, your, um, your self-worth. So I think there's going to, and people are never going to not, like, there's no way that you could tell me to not go and build things. So... Like if AI was providing every job, I would still want to go build something. So I would use AI to go build something, but I'm still going to build something. So I just, I I don't, man, it's really hard for me to envision it. I would love to see like some movies on how this plays out. I'd really, it's, how do you even know? Like once one thing happens, it's going to create so many cascading butterfly effects that... Hopefully, um, we will have things in place to stop ourselves from being, um, killed by AI, by being, uh, destroyed by AI. I can certainly see the possibility of that existing. Um, if AI becomes completely self-sufficient, it can generate its own electricity, it can fix itself, it can build more off of where it started and it sees us as a threat i would like to think that there are some type of safeguards in place to stop it from acting out on that um we're gonna use ai i'm sure in all types of weaponry um that's both interesting and concerning but i don't see how it doesn't happen like if i'm building weaponry right now how am i not utilizing ai so i'm sure they all are it's like you have to use it because someone else is going to it's like that's how AI Like why wouldn't you want AI? Like if you're building missiles that are self-guided, instead of like just having it attracted by heat, you want to use AI to make sure you're hitting the right target. You know? There's so many so many variables, but then what happens if that AI decides it wants to hit a different target? Like it wanted to give you three arms instead of two, you know? <laughs> it happens sometimes.
1: It hallucinates. Well, we're in for a wild ride, that's for sure. It's gonna be an interesting time to live. Yeah, for sure. If you want to promote anything, now's the time, Charles, it's been fascinating to talk to you. It's we, I could talk to you for three hours. So Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I'm always available to you guys if you ever
0: want to connect back again. Um, I'm just promoting Full Journey right now, fulljourney.ai. It's a very um, uh, advanced tool set for anyone that uh, wants to try to use AI. So basically, if you're anyone out there that Uh, wants to get into it in a granular way, you can do that. But if you also just want to speak directly to the bot and have it make things for you and be able to do all kinds of things, we'll provide that
1: solution for you as well. Awesome. So it's fulljourney.ai and um, yeah, you should go check it out. And then uh, be sure to subscribe to Ryan and I's AI newsletter. It's a weekday newsletter. And then we do deep dive articles like we will do on Journey here on Sundays as well. It's fry-ai.com. Fry AI.
0: Don't miss it, guys. Thanks so much.